With Fidelity Wealth Management, a dedicated advisor can work with you on a comprehensive plan to help you reach your wealth's full potential. Plus, you'll have access to specialists in estate planning strategies. So you're not just growing and protecting your wealth, you're sharing it. More at fidelity.com slash wealth. Investment minimums apply. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSE SIPC. And now a word from our sponsors at Betterment. If you're listening to my show, you're looking for tips on how to work smarter, not harder. And let's be real. You're already working hard to earn your money. But how do you make sure that your money is working hard for you? Here's how. With a Betterment Automated Investment and Savings app, your money will go to work. They've got technology that will provide you with advanced tools, and they're built to help maximize your returns, not to mention your time. They have expert-built portfolios of low-cost exchange-traded funds. You know I love those exchange-traded funds. There's automated investing technology, and as part of that, automated rebalancing. Many of you have been asking about rebalancing, and it sort of feels like a hard thing to do on your own. With Betterment, easy peasy. They do it for you. Visit Betterment.com to get started. Learn more about high-yield cash accounts at Betterment.com. Investing involves risk. Performance is not guaranteed. Cash reserve offered through Betterment LLC and Betterment Securities. Betterment is not a bank. Welcome to the Jill on Money Show. It's Tuesday, November 21st, and we are here trying to help you make better financial decisions. And to do that, we just ask you to do something very, very easy. You go to the JillOnMoney.com website and you click the Contact Us button. When you do that, a form appears. It's so easy. You put your name and then there's a message and then there's a little question at the end. It says, are you willing to come on the show live? If you say yes, Mark does everything else. He arranges to get you on the air. If you're on that website, there's a whole bunch of stuff that's free. There's all, there are blogs, there's a radio show, there's resources, and there's also the webinar series. And this is a way for you to participate in real time with us. This is called Jill on Money Live. It's our subscription service. And for $35, you are entitled to have four webinars, quarterly webinars, and a lot of bonus content. Our next webinar is on December 6th. That will be at 7 p.m. Eastern time. And we will be talking about year-end tax and financial planning with Dan Forbes. He's a certified financial planner. He's a guy who I trained about a million years ago. When you also join our beautiful community of Jill on Money Live, there's a whole bunch of cool interviews behind the paywall, everything from Mike Quincy from Consumer Reports to Gene Chatsky to Diana Henriquez, a fantastic author. So you can check all that out for $35. That's all it costs. Okay. Now, let me take a breath. Let's talk to B, who is on the line from New York. Hello, B. How are you? What can we do for you? Hi. Thank you so much for taking my call. Um, you guys have been great throughout the pandemic, and I just want to thank you. It was uh, a beacon of light to hear you guys every day and reassure us. Oh, thank you very much for saying that. We really do appreciate it. So now we've come from, we've turned from beacon of light to dream crushers, That's which is all really, Mark is never the dream crusher. He allows me to take on that role. What is it that we can do for you and how can we help you out today? I'm trying to figure out if I can decrease my hours because work is changing dramatically with a new company that took us over and 
I'd like to decrease my hours, see if I have enough money in my retirement. Talk a little bit about the funds. I have a lot of trouble with picking funds and I just mm-hmm. am clueless about that. And your book is on order because I may have to do a complete reset. <laughs> with that said, I hate the new company. I hate the new owners and I really want to leave. Kind of like that, right? Yes. A little bit. Okay. So let's start with your basic facts. How old are you, B? 56. Are you married, partnered, or single? Single, no kids. How much do you earn right now, B? 96000 Are you making contributions to a retirement plan? Yes. So I'm putting 900 in per paycheck, all okay. Roth. All Roth. Okay. How's your cash flow based on that? Uh, bad. <laughs> Oh, I don't like that. Two years ago with the old company, I did 50-50. Um, mm. And then when you got with the new company, I said I should just go all Roth. But it's right. been a little bit hard. I, pr- I basically take home exactly what I spend, if not spending more. Okay. What is your actual, let's talk about that. What are you, what are you spending right now? I spend probably 3500 to 4000 Uh, How much money have you saved in retirement? Give us a little breakdown. What do you got in the pre-tax and then what's in Roth? 401k wise, there is, I have a trouble with fidelity because they don't break it up according to Roth and pre-tax. All right. Well, give us the total number. How about that? The total number for the 401k is 213,000. And what about non-retirement saving? Have you done some of that as well? Like Vanguard stuff? I mean, it could be Vanguard, but a brokerage account, yes. Uh, In Vanguard, I have money markets, IRAs, and I have 423000 Wow. So that's Vanguard. And then what about plain old moolah in the bank? Okay. Um, I have an emergency fund in a credit union with 17000 and then two okay. CDs with that same credit union for $4,500. 2 I-bonds, so 20000 in I-bonds. And then my regular like savings checking account, I have about 22000 All right. That's great. So you've got a nice cushion for yourself. This is fantastic. Will you be entitled to any pension benefit in the future? No. And I hate that word. <laughs> You hate pension? I hate the word because I get so jealous. Oh, I know. I know. It's a, it's it's tough. But we, 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 we persist. We will move on. What about your house? Uh, do you rent? Do you own? I what, have where are you? a co-op. Okay. And how much would you guess it's worth? Um, it's probably worth around 200000 And that's about what I paid. Is there a mortgage that's outstanding on it? Yes. How much? I can't figure that out, but it said the outstanding principal is 110. That's good. That's all I need. What's the interest rate? 3.25. You like where you live? Yes. Okay, good. So we're going to keep that. Is there anything else that is an asset of yours that is out there that we should know about? I don't think so. Just the car. That's it. So let's talk a little bit about this job for for a moment. Let's say that you called it quits and you're like, Ugh, I hate this new company. Could you get another job at a competitor in the same industry or somewhere else where you could make close to what you're making? Uh, possibly. 
Have you looked or not? I have not looked. Everything just happened pretty quickly. Uh-huh. My original okay. thought process was to stay with the company and try to go to part-time status, which still gives me my benefits and, and? kind of stick out part-time status while I look for a better job or decide to move. Are they amenable to that? I have not approached them. I don't think, I don't think, uh, I think they would be desperate and they would be happy. Oh, I love a desperate employer. One of my favorite kinds. That's good. Okay. So if you were to do part-time, what would that mean in terms of the amount of money you could earn? You'd go from 96 to what? My guess would be 65 to 70. And if you did 65 to 70 and we stopped, we actually stopped your retirement contributions because would you, I presume, would you be able to contribute to retirement or not? Uh, probably not or a much reduced amount. Do they have a match right now? What they do is a 4% match per paycheck and that's going to stop and then they're going to do some type of once yearly thing, but we all don't really believe that's going to happen. All right. Well, so then this makes it even easier. So- If we could get you at 65 to 70, I know you live in a high tax place. You live in New York. So it's, you know, you got to pay taxes on that. And you stayed at 65 to 70 for a while. So how would you feel if we drained some of this money? Like the CD comes due and you're like, okay, I got to spend it because I got to pay my bills. How would you feel about that? Okay. Except I just don't know how long I'm going to continue to work or I mean, I would Mm -hmm. retire tomorrow if I could because I'm totally burned out, but I want to have enough to, you know, sustain me. Well, let me ask you this. What what if you could work part time um, either for this company or another company? Maybe what's going to happen is you really have to see what it feels like to work part time because that might give you a little bit more longevity. Look, you saved a bunch of money. It's great. You have not saved enough money where I think either of us thinks it's possible or plausible that you just say, I'm done because you're young. You're 56. You're going to live for, I mean, I hope 40 more years, truly. If you think of that, I mean, I think it's okay to say I'm miserable and I need like a year to figure this out and I'll work part-time for a year, but then I got to figure out what I'm going to do. So what happens in that year is like, let's call it the grand experiment for your reset. In that year, what you're trying to figure out is can I live at this level? Can I make 65 or 70,000? Can I adjust my spending a little bit and be happy? Because if you could be happy, then, and maybe you might say that that's fine and I'll do that for 10 more years and then I'll collect my social security and life will be good. That might be good enough for you. Alternatively, you might say in that year, nah, not enough money. I got to go find a, a full-time job. I'm going to have to figure this out. I really do need to save some more money. And maybe if I did that, you know, I can make different decisions five or seven years from now. But for now, that's the game plan. And I think we don't have the information yet to make that smart decision. You don't have to put away all this money right now into retirement because you're in such a rotten situation, like you hate what you do and you don't like the new place. So now you got to relieve the pressure and you'll do that by saying, I'm going to pull back on my retirement contribution. And for a year, it's okay to do that. It's not okay to do that for 10 years. Now, let me tell you about all the things that could change that would make it doable. Uh, you know, you might say like, oh my God, I found another job and I'm making 120000 not 96000 
and I'm able to put away more money. And now I see that if I do this for, you know, till I'm 62, I can really crank. Have you looked at your social security benefit estimate? I have a letter that they sent me. And yeah, they're so nice, those people yeah. at SSA.gov. But it was a long time ago. So eight years ago, it said at full retirement age, I would make 2400 That's nah, not that. It's it's more than that. Yeah, but so okay, well, let's, let's say it's a, yeah, but let's say even it's 3300 You know that that gives you a good part of your need, right? You You don't need a ton of money. You're not telling me that you're spending, you know, $12,000 a month. You're saying net. I need $4,000 a month net, right? And I need to be able to, you know, pay my bills. And and I think that you could do that. That's very doable. We need to come up with a good game plan for what happens between now and Social Security. You make it to Social Security, you're on the glide path. Everything's good. How you get through the next 10 years is maybe it's some part-time Maybe I'll spend down some of my money. Who cares? It's just me. I'll spend it down. Maybe you tighten up the budget a little bit, or maybe you're like, you know what? I like, I'm going to make more money and give yourself an out. But I think this, to do a reset properly, you need a year to figure out what it is that you really want. And we don't know that yet. I don't think you do. Do you? No. I mean, I love what I do. I'm just not loving doing it at this company and I assume terrible, horrible company that we hate. We're I assume other companies are running the same way. Healthcare is all going in the same direction. Yeah. But you know what? Let me speak about that as somebody who is um, in an industry that's kind of falling apart. Okay. I have certainly, certainly felt that many of my colleagues will say to me, you know, oh my God, I work in media, I work in news, it's the worst business, and they do all that. But then you sort of stop for a second and they say, like, I know people have gone to other places and they're like, well, actually where I was was pretty good. Or people who say, you know what I was able to do? I went from working at a big network and now I work local. Mark and I have a really good friend who is like a huge manager in a big network and he went and took a job that would, I think, by his peers' estimate, estimation would be like, uh, he took a seat back. But under the radar, he's actually making more money working for like what seemed like a, a smaller market, smaller scale than he did when he was working for the big network. So all sorts of things can happen in industries that are declining. Your skill set and who you are might give you opportunities that are broader than you imagine. That's what I can say. And so I'm going to root for you, B. All right. Let's talk a little. You said there was something about the investments that you weren't happy about. I have all the work 401k investments with Fidelity. And as I said, I rolled over other ones in there. I rolled over the previous company, which was half Mm -hmm. Roth, half traditional, but it refuses to show me in that way. Mark, does this is this a possible like, uh oh, we have a problem that's all the money was merged together. And in which case, if that's the case, we need you to actually take care of that before you leave this organization. We have to they have to be able to separate out for you the Roth from the pre tax. Otherwise I called and asked and they and? say that it's all separate. It's just that I can't see it. 
there's probably a way to see it. You're just not quite sure how to do it. Usually you just got to, usually there's a button that says source, something that says source, and that'll allow you to see the differences. Like one will be, one will say pre-tax, one will say Roth, but I'm pretty sure it's, it's fidelity. So I suspect it's separated. You're just having a hard time finding out how to actually view it. I think that it's worth, you know, calling back and saying to somebody, I'm on the website, right? And I'm looking at this and I'd really like to some help with somebody. Like you need tech support more than you need um, client services. Last thing that I'm going to nudge you about, I know you are single, but your money will go to somebody. So you've named beneficiaries on some of your accounts, right? You have a sibling or nieces or nephews or something like that, or friends. Uh, sibling and nieces and nephews. Have you done an, a real, a will and an estate plan process? No, it's, I knew you were going to ask. Um, I don't, feel like it's as important. I'm actually working on that for my parents because my mother was named as the beneficiary for everything if my father passed away and now my mother has dementia. So all of mm. that has to be changed. So believe it or not, I've made an appointment and my parents are there right now. So, okay. Since you're doing it with your parents anyway, once you're done with them, do your own. The reason why I say this is not so much that, like, you're right, most of your stuff will pass by contract, your 401k, your Roth 401k, your IRA, but you've got other stuff. You know, you've got this Vanguard account, you've got a bank account, the bank accounts should be labeled as transfer on death, and you name somebody who it transfers to. Um, and you need a document that just says, here's where my stuff goes. And by the way, my sister, my brother is going to be the one who is my healthcare proxy, like all the things that you're doing with them, you have to do to your, with yourself. And when you do die intestate, it is a hassle and a half for the people who you leave behind. So once you're done with them, I believe that you will be pinky swearing with me right now, which we will do virtually, that you'll do your own. How's yes. that? So absolutely. I just wanted to get them set because they have a pretty sizable estate and uh, we all need to have access to it if we have to take care of my mother. Absolutely. So um, just because they do have a sizable estate, obviously that would be something else that would change your trajectory of your own retirement depending on what happens, right? So, you know, when we talk about our parents, it's like, well, they could burn through all their cash or you could inherit a bunch of money. You'll know more in the next few years. But in the meantime, let's take control of your own reset and get you the information you need to make a better decision, okay? Anything else that, anything else that we can do for you? To go over some of the funds I've picked because that's where I get confused. And when I call these companies, they have somebody who's like 23 years old giving me advice and I don't feel real confident about it. Okay, let's go. So Fidelity, I picked the Fidelity 500 index, the Contra yep. fund, the index 2035 fund and the US bond index. And then I did 25% in each. I think that what you either have to do is choose the target date fund, that 2035 fund, or just reallocate to three funds. And there's, you know, the Contra fund, it is a good fund, but it's like, if you're going to use a stock index fund, I think I would use, I think Mark and I come to this like place of maybe there's like four funds you use. An extended market index, some money in an international index, then some money in a bond index, 
it's all very easy from there. I think that that's that's kind of where we want to go. So the U.S. bond index would be could stay as my Fine. bond fund. Okay. I mean, I could make this really easy for you. I could say let's do three funds if you really wanted to. You could say, you know, like forty percent in the bond index, fifty percent in a U.S. index, and ten percent in a international index. That's it. And if you want to get cute, you could, uh, yeah, you could put a little bit, like a few percentage points in a commodities index. You could put a few percentage points in a bond, uh, international bond index. That's it. It's very boring and it works. So just think allocation is broad an index fund is easy. That's all you got to do. And you don't touch it and get ready to do your one year, your one year experimental plan for your reset. Yes, I'm on the way. All right, good. Well, thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate it, B. If you would like to join us on the air, all you need to do is go to jillonmoney.com, click the Contact Us button, let us know if you want to join us. Mark does everything else. While you're there, don't forget to sign up for the free weekly newsletter and to subscribe to the Jill on Money live service. That's where you have access to quarterly live webinars and more bonus video content, all for the bargain basement price of 35 bucks. You can subscribe to Jill on Money on the Odyssey app or wherever you find your favorite podcast. Do me a favor. Do something nice for someone else today. Change your work, change your wealth, change your life. Thank you for listening. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Tomorrow.